Hear us herein, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. Episode three. Yeah. Get an actual air horn. Or two, depending on how you're counting. We are now kind of falling into. We have changed the counting. The counting is now three. (laughs) The counting shall not be two, (laughs) and it shall not be four. Can't I can't remember the actual Monty Python bit. We're not doing Monty Python bits here. I I was just thinking of the Twin Peaks thing where the pilot is variably episode zero and episode one. Yeah. Well. I remain the one person who has not done a Twin Peaks podcast, and I'm going to hold to it. So you can't make me. Nora's never doing a Twin Peaks podcast. That's true. I've watched and enjoy <laughs> Twin Peaks. That's the difference between me and Nora. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to talk about it. I was I guessed it on a one podcast once. That's all. That's as far as it went. Because it was the episode yeah. that introduced Dick Tremaine uh, and Little Nicky, and I had to be there. <laughs> That's such a good episode. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, we're here to talk about the Volsunga Saga chapters 13 through 29. Uh, but before we get into that, I was like, damn, you know what we didn't do? We didn't introduce the fucking book last time because we were both like, let's just do it. Let's do the thing. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a second. I don't even know when this was written. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I. <clears throat> so what we're reading is the Volsunga Saga. Um, we're specifically reading the Penguin Classics published translation, yes. Um, which is by uh, it's Jesse something. I'm trying to remember. Um, um, let me hit the button on my e-reader. Uh, Jesse, Jesse L. L. Bjork. Yes, there you go. I am reading this on my e-reader, and uh, I'm I bought the next book physically. It should already be at the uh, apartment office because you know what? Reading books like this, a lot of footnotes, where I got to flip back and refer to shit on an e-reader, sucks. Yeah, and especially once we get to that uh, that tome of the Saga of the Icelanders, it's nice to just be able to like easily reference the glossary whenever you want. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> I feel like that one relies a little bit less on like doing footnotes constantly to explain every little bit of like Old Norse society. Yeah. Um, it's, I, it's a little bit more. The, the eighth footnote to tell me that this was Odin, actually. I've got it. It's <laughs> fine. Every old man's Odin. I think this is a... This is a, a Faint by old men to garner respect they do not deserve. Everyone just assumes they're old Odin and they treat them very nicely. Um, I mean, this is a thing of like the fact that Odin can appear at any time is like a thing that is supposed to encourage you to be hospitable to like guests that you He's like Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, anyway, about this book. So, um, one thing there's some later ones where I might talk about translations because mm. they're like when we get to um Brennunial Saga or Nyala is like the short name for it. Um Nyal Saga. Um that one has like a ton of different versions, and so translations are pulling from different versions. Um and it's sometimes it's minor variations, but um that stuff will come up. This, like only one old copy exists there's been stuff that has been specifically copied from this like later on uh but basically there's like one old, uh surviving medieval manuscript um it doesn't even have a fun name like some of the other ones uh it's just like uh n y k g l period s a m l period uh 1824 b4 t o um <clears throat> which is basically just the like cataloging method for this in the, the Royal library of Denmark. Mm. Um, I don't remember what all of the letters refer to, but um, 
And so this like surviving copy that we have is estimated to have been written around uh, 1400, uh, but seems to, uh, this is the thing we'll also run in with a lot of sagas. There's very few where we're going to know the author. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's just some unnamed saga writer, potentially multiple. Um, you know, we can, we can talk about ones where there is speculation of like multiple authors involved. Um, but I think like, uh, so a lot of the recording of like this prose is happening in the 1200s. So, um, I think that like the, potentially the latest that like the version that we have, or like the, you know, the main writing down of this, um, story happened was like 1270 or something around there. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously could have been earlier. Um, but like pictorial representations of this story, uh, date back to like at least 1000. So, um, it it probably existed in like a, uh, oral storytelling fashion for a while before being written down. And, um, some of this is also supported by like a, a number of, uh, sources that the saga writer seems to be using to write. This are, uh, Etic poems, uh, most of which, are preserved in like what's called the Elder Ada. Um, and the oldest surviving manuscript of that is uh, called the Codex Regis. So it has a much cooler name than uh, the one for this this saga. But um, but like some of the versions that this saga writer gives are different versions of those poems. Um, so it was not clearly like working off of that exact same text, but, you know, the same basic poems. Uh, they've probably gone through changes. Um I, a cat has just entered my recording studio. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's that's like a little uh, background on this. Um, I mean, the stuff that it's talking about like includes going back to like the 5th century mm. um, with the Huns and stuff, uh, possibly even before that. Um, but yeah, the, the story probably co- coalesced around the 1000s. Um, and then the version that we had was probably written around 1400 um so that's a a little bit of a view into this one but yeah since there's only one uh surviving medieval manuscript for this um obviously translations will choose to translate things differently Mm -hmm. um but like there's no there's no radical differences because everybody's working off the exact same text so uh fair enough um, the part where, like, the Huns are there is just, the ancient <laughs> world is dynamic and strange in a way that, like, I feel like all the media that, like, is trying to do, like, a Lord of the Rings thing, right? Um, yeah. It's about ancient worlds. Everything feels so small compared to the reality, which is, man, what a weird time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also weird because it's, like, they're talking about, like, uh, the Burgundians and like the Huns. Yes. Um, but all of them are like, like, uh, Atlee. I forget if we if we get the first intro to him. I think he briefly yeah, gets he, mentioned. He briefly is here. Yeah. Yeah, he's right, gonna yeah. like become a character soon. But yeah. uh, yeah, we get a brief mention of him. Um, but like he's just like a brother of a character. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you kind of understand why sometimes people get this. Uh, conception of it being such a small world yeah. because the like way that it's being talked about is like oh some like families feuding basically yes um, 
To what degree that's a product of uh, most of the manuscripts we have were written in Iceland, um, even though this like uh, original, I mean, 1000s Iceland had been, had been, uh, you know, discovered and settled, um, but probably still like has its roots in, in Norway and Sweden and like more of that Scandinavian region. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the version we have was written down presumably by an Icelander. Um, and so to what degree is like his worldview about feuding families, because that's what's happening in the, you know, 1200s to 1400s. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's anything else you want to. No, that's fine. We can get, get into. into it. We've, got, can, we've got a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of bad decisions <laughs> happening today that we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, the I mean, shit. A lot of shit's happening in here, but like in terms of the passage of time, uh, the breaks definitely get slammed on a little bit. Uh, we would basically all of this is still just Seerther. We're not getting all of his lineage. It's just uh. The man of the hour. Uh, um, the hero. Yeah. Where do you get... What did you say? <laughs> Sigurd. It just says Sigurd <laughs> in my book. Sigurdur. <laughs> um, this is all the... So, actually, the... Um, I don't know how it, easy it is for you to get to. There's a glossary in the Penguin version. Oh, I'm not even going to attempt and, to try to. I'll lose my place. Yeah. Uh, if you go there, there's like... They will have... Uh, all of the the proper names mm. um and then it will tell you what chapters they appear in and what they do but it'll say like sigurd and then in uh parentheses it has the old norse of like seerther sigmundson okay. or sigmunderson um so uh but yeah some of this is just like as someone who's uh learned some icelandic and things i just like tend now to default to because also people will make different choices sometimes about how to anglicize things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, most like male names, um, unless they end in an I, probably have like an R at the end. Yeah, I, I've that's got being that part. It's the, yeah. it's the lack of a G that really threw me. Yeah, so G is, is uh, most letters in Icelandic are like, it makes the sound basically all the time um g is the one that's weird because where it falls in the sentence changes the sound it makes um also we'll get to to vuthrun um where in that case it specifically like takes on this v sound um and that's because the gvuth means god and so there's like this weird archaic pronunciation around it um yeah okay seerther right yeah yeah, so best. it's making more of like a Y sound. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he gets born. He is the coolest and strongest, like all of these, uh, <laughs> all these boys. They're always <laughs> the coolest and strongest. And he is saddled with a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they immediately give him uh, Rain, which this name basically means rain. Uh, it's in like that would fall from the sky. Okay. Um, well, Rain which sucks. We're gonna... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Rand immediately sucks. is like needling him like, oh, if you're so great, why do you why do you not own your own gold? Why is it in the keeping of your godfather or whatever? He's like, I could 
acts like a whenever I want. Stop it. Knock it off. He's like, well, what yeah. if you wanted a horse? Would you not get a horse? And he's like, I can ask for a horse whenever the fuck I want. Knock it off. And he does. <laughs> and Odin comes down and is like, I'll give you a sick ass horse. Here you go. Coolest horse you've ever had. It's like, yeah, there's this my horse. Thing you can't about, do better than this. Like driving them into the water and then like the last, the, the one that like doesn't go ashore right away. Um, is the one that is descended from Sleipnir. And this is so funny to me because the saga writer uh, himself, not just the footnotes, at the end is like, it was Odin, uh, Odin whom Seether met. And I I'm like, I knew this. Yeah, I knew this already, but <laughs> like, voice. why didn't you, why didn't you, like, the first time Odin showed up, be like, let me explain what's going on anytime you see an old man? But no. Uh, much like Majima, <laughs> Odin everywhere. That's the new, <laughs> that's the new hot <laughs> dynamic of Iceland. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get so much less Odin after we move past the saga. This is just the one where he's constantly showing up. Um, but yeah, so the the horse is descended from Sleipnir, which is the eight legged horse of Odin. Um, and Seether's horse Fantasy. is yeah. Uh, Seether's horse is Grani. We're gonna get a bunch of those. So you're like, ah, Final Fantasy. Yeah. So Rain's like, oh, what would be? So you got you got a cool horse, but really, what you should do is kill this dragon. I think that'd be the sickest thing you could do. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I've he's... heard about the dragon. I'm not going to go kill a dragon. Like, I'm cool, but I don't know if I'm that cool yet. Gotta wait. Mm-hmm. And Rayan's like, well, um, no, you could do it. I think you could. I... This man is trying to get his friend killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love. So this has all been chapter 13. And yes. then <clears throat> uh, there's like, you got to like, tell me what's the tale behind this dragon? Like at the very least, like tell me all the backstory. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do just like how, like this next chapter, um, aside from some dialogue at the very, very end, there's like a sentence that see says, um, what is this cat is being such a menace anyway. Um, yeah, all of it is just like a giant quote from Rain. Mm. Um, like it just starts with quotation mark. This tale begins with my father. Yeah. Um, Would you like to briefly summarize the story of uh, how this dragon came to be? Yeah. Uh, so Rain has uh, a father named Hraithmar, and um, he's the I think the youngest of the third. Yeah. Uh, so the oldest one is Favnir, who. Uh, we previously got is the name of the the dragon, but here is just a man. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is uh, Otter, uh, who get this is much like an otter. Weird. Um, I wouldn't have thought that. This chapter is called you... the Otter's Ransom, for the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, the name like Otter here it just is Otter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, otter i'll just i'll just say the the english name here (laughs) um goes fishing all the time in this uh river and brings up the catch um but uh hates to see like what he's done diminish and so he will shut his eyes and like eat alone uh so that he doesn't watch the the food disappear um then we get introduced to this dwarf uh anvari which this is like wind basically um would be what the name would sort of translate to Mm -hmm. um and uh there's a waterfall uh anvari's fall and uh so otter's going there and we like bring up fish from the the fall where this dwarf uh named anvari who's also like a pike um and like eats there uh and once while otter's at this waterfall uh we get 
Odin, Loki, and Hunter, uh, and they all show up traveling together. Um, and uh, I was checking. Yeah, is Loki who's like, here's an otter. I'm just gonna strike it to death with a stone. Um, I guess just to like get a cool otter pelt is the the idea here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they continue on. They go to Hraithmars and they're like, check it out. I got the sweet otter pelt. And uh, Hraithmars is like, that's my bar- son. Barfing. <laughs> barfing and weeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and basically says, like, you have to you have to pay uh, compensation. Um, and the, the compensation that you're supposed to pay uh, is you fill the skin of my son with gold, and then you have to like pile gold on top until uh, it's fully red gold specifically, um, which these are just like different classifications. That, whatever we can get into it more if it becomes important, but it's not really here. Um, so uh, Loki is like, okay, I'm gonna go get the gold, um, and so he goes to uh, Raun, who's the the goddess of the sea. Um, and gets her net and then goes to Anvari's fall, uh, catches the pike, um, uh, Anvari, and we get like a little snippet of uh, poetry here. Um, and basically is just like, hey, I'm going to kill you unless you give me your gold. Um, so Anvari does give the gold, but wants to hold back a single gold ring. Um, and uh Loki's like you have to give that over too uh, and so he curses the ring anyone who has it is going to die um and the ring gets this name that translates to uh Anvari's gift but it's like uh Anvara Nalter um and so they go they they stuff the body they pile the gold on top um and then there's still a whisker sticking out uh and Freysmar is like you have to cover that whisker and so they put the ring over it and finally it's fully covered um, and then I think at the end, Loki is basically like, psych, you're screwed now. <laughs> uh, the cursed gold with the cursed ring is yours. Um, and then we just kind of abruptly get, uh, Fafnir kills, uh, their father, uh, and takes the gold and turns into a, is so filled with like greed and, uh, evil intent hoarding over the gold that he transforms into a dragon, um, into an evil serpent. Um, and so uh, we get at the very end this explanation for a kenning that would appear in in poetry of Otter's Ransom, which means gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime in like a skaldic poem, someone says Otter's Ransom, they mean gold. Um, and uh, at the very end, the other is like, you've lost much and like your family sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're evil. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the whole like sort of self-contained myth here. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Sather's like, well, I'll do this because this this was a heavy thing to lay on me, but uh, I need a cool sword and you need to make it for me. Um, that way we're working together because you're going to be useless when we kind of come time to fight a dragon, I guess. Um, and he makes him a sword and it sucks. And he makes him another sword. It sucks. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, oh, you know what? I've got pieces of like the coolest sword that's ever been just lying around. I can go get them. And maybe you can not fuck this one up, <laughs> please. <laughs> It's so funny, though, that the way he's judging that the sword sucks is that he's like, I need this sword to be able to cut the anvil that you use to forge it yes. in half. Yes, <laughs> there's there's a there's an episode of Sword Art Online where this basic exact thing happens. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so then uh, finally, and and see if there's like, you, man, I'm like starting to judge your character because you can't make a cool sword, um, but does still give over the the fragments of the the broken sword that was pulled out of uh, Barnstalker the the tree, uh, the gift from Odin that got destroyed last time, mm. um, and uh, this one Rayan succeeds in uh, forging into Graham. Uh, or grammar um and see if they're like immediately just destroys the anvil um and then and it's then like i have to do another slices of tomato just like every yeah. ad for a knife <laughs> uh, thinly slices a tuft of wool that he throws into a river but yeah basically um you know it can it can hack through the like toughest like watermelon or like coconut yeah uh, and also also cut thinly slice a tomato um it's the greatest sword um, and Rain's like, now, now can we go? And he's like, okay, I will. But first, one more thing. I got to avenge my father because they did him dirty and rides off to go do that. Yeah. Uh, but first he goes and sees, um, his uncle, uh, Griper and Griper tells him his, his future, like, uh, you know, does the whole, here's like your, the prophecy, uh, but we don't get it. No, they don't tell us what it's going to be. The implication that Sirther knows everything that's going to happen and just does it anyway is unfathomable to me because <laughs> everything's about to go so bad for this guy. Yeah. Also, um, there are multiple things that he's going to choose to do that don't make any sense if he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he's going to make a lot of bad decisions soon. Yeah. Either he is like locked into temporal fate in like a sci-fi like time travel is fake premise. Uh, he's the world's biggest dumbass, or he's just grimly dramatic like that. <laughs> Pick whichever one makes you happiest, I guess. Um, I mean, what's the point of trying to overturn fate? Um, uh, we find out in this, in this, in these terms, we'll get to it. That it is totally possible to just go against God's will and just do whatever the fuck you want, and it it could succeed. You'll get punished for it, but you can just overturn fate. It's possible. I think, and this is something we can talk about more as we go through some of the uh, these sagas, but I think within, like, the Old Norse conception of things, uh, this is a, the whole, like, significant thing about uh, Ragnarok as, like, a event, is that uh, fate, like, lords over the gods, too. Mm. Like, fate is the thing that, like, uh, the gods are not in control of fate. Um, fate is going to come for them as well. They are all going to die uh, in a big final battle, and they know this. They're going around knowing this. So, um, but yeah, we we get this part where he goes and uh, I love the the title. Uh, Seerther kills Lingvi and Hiravartha and all the others. <laughs> <laughs> he really does uh, do that. He cuts those guys into pieces. Yeah, he basically just like fucks up all the sons of Hunding. This is what I remembered was going to come back with them, um, is that he's just going to kill them all. But um, yeah. Uh, There's a bit where they grab Odin on a boat, just briefly. Just need a <laughs> lift. Flags them down. This is again, yeah, this, this is why I'm like every old man just pretends to be Odin to get whatever he wants out of people. I think this is the yeah. how it is. This is the one that I was like, did you really need Odin? I guess they're talking about how like the sails might uh, rip, but he's like commanding them to go faster over the sea. Um, and then they stop to to bring this old man aboard. Yes. Um, we get this. Um, 
we're going to have like a big section of uh, Attic poetry later. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that stuff is like less interesting uh, verse because it's a lot of um, there's like a form that was just basically just about giving you advice. Um, the most notable one being Halvamal, which are like the sayings of uh, Howard, which is Odin again. <laughs> it's Odin again. Um, but it's all of his advice that he gives to people. Um but I figured I could read this one just to get like a like in the the old Norse just to get a sense of the quality of the um the poetry because I think a notable thing with like Attic poetry um and then skaldic poetry like pushes this even further. Um but is that like most poetic forms that I think people would generally think about are like about smoothing out language and giving it like uh pleasant rhythms and uh rhymes and things like that but like to make it like flow smoothly um a lot of old norse poetry is about like emphasizing the weird rhythms (laughs) okay um so here's the 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 thing that um the poem that uh odin answers when i ask him who he is um uh Vilsunga ungi og veget hafith. Numauter katla karl af bjargi. Feng ethefjotni farvil jegthiga. And so, like, it's very intentional about, like, you get a bunch of H's uh, at first. You get the, like, V's and the U's um, after that. Then you get, like, these, like, heavy K sounds and, like, very... Um, hard hitting sounds uh and then you get all of these f's and then um also v is like somewhat sonically similar um and so it's like really emphasizing the the like weird um when like weird sounds will repeat in in speech it like tries to emphasize that so um and I think you get a little bit of that in the the translation, just because you've got a number of names here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, this battle's pretty sick, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've got some like berserk just cutting people in half. <laughs> anyway, once that's done, Rain's like now. He's like now, and uh, goes off to fight the dragon, which he does do. It's weird because like we get to this, and I'm like, oh, it's just it's just the like. It's just the legend. Like, I I know this. Everyone knows. That's not true. We'll talk yeah. about it. Because nobody, I don't assume everyone knows this. But uh, it's so anticlimactic just being the thing that, I, like, I've known about for 25 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. This is the, the Sigurd, the Siegfried, the, like, uh, there's multiple other Dragon Slayer stories that are very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Ryan's, like... Uh, Favnir crawls through here. Uh, they're like way up on a cliff. Yeah. Um, to go get water. Actually, the best part of this is it opens with them on the cliff, and Sirthur's looking at the tracks, going like, "You said this was like man shaped." Yeah. <laughs> this ain't man shaped. You said this was like a normal serpent. <laughs> I want this the seems- like I want the like really goofy like Cohen esque version of the sagas that are just like the misadventures of these two yeah um anyway. yeah, there's oh go ahead. there's some part earlier where uh, i forget the exact but like ryan basically says like uh yeah it's like a grass snake it's fine yeah 
Yeah, just a little garter snake. You know, it's fine. It's yeah. poisonous. Don't worry about it. Um. Anyway, he's like, well, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna dig a ditch, and it's gonna come across, and you're just gonna stab it in the heart. It'll be great. And he's like, what if what if it bleeds on me? Is it blood like acid or something? And Ryan's like, I'm I don't know. I'm leaving. I'm gonna go over on the other side of the hill. Just take care of this. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, you you got this. I'm gonna run away now. <laughs> um. But Sirther is like, okay, well, I guess I will do this. I will dig a ditch. Oh, I'm actually going to read the line so funny because he's just dodging the question. <laughs> but what will happen if I get in the way of the dragon's blood? No one can advise you if you're afraid of everything. You are not like your kin and courage. <laughs> Replied Rain as he's leaving. Yeah. And then it's literally the next sentence. Now Sirther rode off under the heath and Rain <laughs> ran off in fear. <laughs> um but yeah he digs the the first ditch and then an old man with a long beard i wonder who this could be it's like you need multiple um, ditches or you're gonna drown in the dragon's blood it's a big dragon trust me it's yeah. really big <laughs> have you seen these tracks <laughs> um yeah and so then uh it succeeds he hides in one of the ditches stabs the heart um and then what is and it? then more lord of the rings happens yeah um this part is great uh mm -hmm. just the like extended conversation they have yes um where uh it starts with Favnir being like uh who is this like who would be so impudent to bear a weapon against me what kind of idiot would fight me and try to kill me uh having just been killed uh <laughs> And uh, Sir first is like, my family is unknown to men. I am called the noble beast. Yeah. Uh, I have neither father nor mother, and I have traveled alone. Um, this specifically being like around this belief that if somebody who you killed knew you, they could like curse your name. Mm -hmm. um, but then Favnir just like keeps pressing it. Uh, and so he's like, eh, my name is Sir My father is Sigmundir. Like <laughs> I want to point out, he knows what's going to happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> he has been told his fate, and yet we persist. <laughs> <laughs> he tries very briefly to yeah. be like anyway um yeah and we get we get like multiple there's conversation is first around like you know who set you up to this that kind of stuff um but then it just like descends into like weirder conversation which is mm -hmm. great i love this section um i love getting a like longer than some chapters, just conversation between Sirther and the dying dragon. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's, if he's like, don't take the gold. The gold's death to you. And he's like, look, everyone's going to die. I would like to die rich instead <laughs> of die poor. Thank you. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, if you're so wise, tell me like, why, why do I not have a dad and a mom? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I've been going to my therapist for three years to ask the same <laughs> question. So, yeah. Uh, proposal for why Sierther is doing all of this. He's just massively depressed. Yeah, no, that's fair. I yeah. Uh, sometimes fatalism <laughs> drives you to do really stupid things. It's just like, look, I can like be scared of death, or I can just be like fine that death is going to happen to me and get a bunch of renown and money. Um, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> um, I don't have parents. My my foster father sucked. Yeah. Um, speaking of his foster father, he sucks. Um, so after five years dead, uh, Rayan comes back and is like, "Hail, my lord! You have won a great victory." <laughs> um, 
I do love, uh, and I think this is like a, for me, this is an interesting part for the way that a lot of saga stuff will be written where, um, I think there's like sometimes intentionality put to the weight of lines, um, where I think that then after what he said with much emotion, and I think this is like the much emotion seems to be excitement. I think of like, you've killed my brother, uh, but I am hardly blameless in this deed. And then Seerther is like, no man, I did all the fucking work. Like, don't you try and take credit for this. Like I was the one digging the ditches. I def like stab the thing and not drown. Uh, like I'm the one who's like cursed now. Um, you know, I, I have like the fearless heart and that's more important than the sharp sword that you, you finally did from the shards of my dad, by the way. Um, I'm embellishing a little bit here. Yeah. But, but Ray, Ray um, basically is like, yeah, but I don't feel very good about it. <laughs> yeah. Rain's like, no, but like you killed my brother and I, like I kind of feel bad about it. Like that was my brother. We do have like a a culture of deep familial like uh, duty to you know our our siblings and parents and things. Uh, does kind of suck. Yeah. Um, this is when Rain breaks out the one one more thing. Like oh, just one little thing. It's not a big deal actually. Could you uh, roast the dragon's heart for me? I'd love to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Normal thing to uh, say. <laughs> <laughs> while just like gulping down some of the blood. Yeah. Um cool among us uh anyway so seether eats or yeah so the next one here uh so he's roasting the heart and just um, taste test it just like puts yeah. you know pokes it with his finger i poked a steak with my finger to see if it was done just today and then like licks off his finger and is, like, can understand the language of birds like oh shit <laughs> um and then and the, the birds the birds are negging him <laughs> yeah the birds are like Man, I it would be such a stupid move not to kill your like clearly shitty foster father. Uh, like obviously he's gonna betray you, and you're just trusting him. Um, or I guess they're talking amongst themselves, but this is basically what they're they're saying. Um, and Seether's basically like, oh, yeah, I guess I should kill him. He does suck. Uh, so he does that and goes on and and gets all the money. Um also saves the heart this is important mm -hmm. um it's gonna come back um i don't know what preservation method he's done here but it's just nasty um, it's just like a increasingly gross heart <laughs> it's like either that or it's like extremely smoked like you oh, know, like yeah. gotta get out one of those like um the like katsu like the katsu boshi like shaving you know oh don't worry he's got graham and graham can cut a tomato he can just <laughs> chop that right yeah. up for you <laughs> <laughs> it's like eating the thinnest of shoe leather it's great <laughs> yeah um anyway uh i like here we just get the chapter of concerning seerther um which is honestly more like concerning a this is the part where we get a bunch of stuff from uh bryn hilder um but yeah this is the first we're gonna have like multiple kind of weird meetings between Seerther and uh Brynhilde here yeah so, so he meets Brynhilde and she's cursed because she killed the guy that Odin promised victory to and Odin's mm. not happy about it so he like hit her with a magic Thor and that means she's never going to succeed in anything the rest of her life and she proceeds to prove him right <laughs> yeah um and yeah currently she's asleep uh he mistakes her for a man at first because of the full armor yes um and then removes the helmet, uh, sees it's a beautiful woman, um, and then cuts out, uh, cuts off the like coat of mail, uh, 
so that she's freed from the armor. Um, and at that point, she like awakens and they have this conversation. Yeah. Um, she, this like, is the most. <laughs> this uh, is the most like dreamlike mythic version of their meeting. Yeah. So she's like, ah, Odin cursed me, and he's he, he cursed like all these things, and then whoever wakes me up, I had to marry, and I promised him I would marry no one who knew fear, and he's like, ah, good, uh, good news, actually. Um, I have I have no emotion. I'm very depressed. Um, would you teach me all of your like magics? And she then it just cuts to a montage of her teaching him all of the cool things she can do. Yeah. In verse, but like, yeah. I just imagine the like kind of gauzy montage of them romping through fields and learning spell work and like cooking meat pies or whatever. And I love it. I love this for them. It's like that bit in uh, Butch Cassidy where they're riding the, the bicycle and shit. Um, yeah, definitely. The The other thing though that I imagine with this is the saga writer getting to this part and like, you know, trying to translate into prose, like, all of these Eddic poems that he's working off of. Mm -hmm. And then he gets here and he's like, man, I don't want to have to, like, write out in prose all the, like, wild magic shit she can do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like, I'm just going to write it again. I'm just going to put it in here. <laughs> just... This is, this is like, the chapter, this is, like, the three chapters in every shonen manga where they explain how the magic system works. You're like, I'm just going to page through this. I don't care. They'll explain it again if it's yeah. relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also weird because we then... Uh, it ends like when the poem ends, like when yes. the, the verse here. Uh, but then it's Brynhildr's wise counsel, which we're already getting. And then it's just more of her shit, but in prose. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, um, but this advice is basically do not be the main character of a piece of fiction. Yeah. <laughs> do not allow yourself to be misled or lied to. Don't trust some shady motherfuckers. Don't take their booze. Uh, <laughs> and yet he will do all of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's significant for like, also just thinking about the saga writer here, him being like, yeah, most of this shit doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to come up. We got to get to the parts of the end where she's like, uh, beware of women trying to give you ale, uh, because they want to have sex with you. At this point, he knows that he's going to drink some ale and it's going to ruin his life. <laughs> And he's like, this is good advice. This matches the old man said, I want to marry you. She's like, damn, I would like to marry you too. We should do that someday. And then he rides away. <laughs> yeah. A mistake. Um, <clears throat> we then get uh, concerning Sirithra's appearance. Uh, this <laughs> is mostly just about how hot he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, enormous man who can do anything. <laughs> Love this for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was his pleasure to support his men, to dust himself in great deeds, and to take booty from his enemies and give it to his friends. Yeah, who um, among us does not like to take booty from our enemies and give it to our friends? <laughs> um, he's just a stand-up dude. Yeah. Also, he has a broad, chiseled face. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, then we get uh, him going to an estate where uh, Hamir is uh yeah hamir uh who is married to the sister of brunhilder named beckhilder um and we get them meeting all over again <laughs> as if yeah. none of the things ever happened <laughs> um yeah they're like playing sports and everything um it's specifically he... uh when he shows up everyone realizes he's a big strong man who killed a dragon is like damn we gotta be good nice to this guy yeah it's also just 
like strange that we get this whole thing of like, you know, her being like asleep forever and, and him awakening her by like taking off the helmet and cutting the mail coat and everything. Yeah. Um, and then here she just like has a sister uh, who like is married to this guy. And she's just like, despite the fact that she's like, I, I really love going out to war. I love wearing armor and a helmet and like killing dudes. Um, mainly what we get here is just her doing tapestry. This is, um, this is uh James experience with uh, Laura Palmer and Maddie. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and specifically, she's doing an elaborate tapestry with gold thread of the noble deeds that Seertha wrote. Um, uh, or rot, not wrote. Um, and then eventually, um, do we, is this when we get the dream? I know that there's a part where the dream comes in. I'm trying to remember where that is. Uh, where mm. she interprets the dream. He's just oh, no, moping. that will be for a little bit. Yeah, he's just moping about yeah. how he wants to m- marry this woman who he's already betrothed to promises in the field, but nobody remembers this. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, then he ends up going into her chamber. Um, they they discuss again. Uh he specifically asks for a wise counsel again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, we, we get like, or yeah, here, uh, Bryn Hilder said, uh, it is wiser counsel not to put your trust in a woman because women always break their promises. Uh, just the most brutal version of it. <laughs> yes. Um, um, we also get, uh, oh, here's the, here's the line. Cause this is going to come up, but it's like, uh, extremely, like old Star Trek pan away uh, to like Kirk's boots or whatever, mm. um, where she brings uh, Seerthur a golden cup and invites him to drink. Uh, it says he reached toward the cup, but took her hand, drawing her down beside him. Uh, he put his arms around her neck and k- kissed her saying, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're going to find out later that when this happens, like he gets her pregnant and she has a, a child. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of just gets a, uh, you know, we get out a little bit of a ellipse here. Yeah, but um, then he he literally is like, oh, we should get married. And she's like, I've got to review the troops. And in fact, I've got a lady who you need to marry for like all this to work. My big plan, <laughs> whatever it is, I don't know. We do not find out really what her plan is. Um, but yeah. she needs him to go and marry uh, uh, Gudrun? Vuthrun. Vuthrun? Yeah. Oh, Vuthrun. Okay. Vuthrun. So, yeah, it's GV is kind of the sound you've got going on. Um yeah, and then uh, daughter of Gyuki, who we're gonna find out about in the next chapter. Yeah, and um, he's like, "Oh, no king's daughter will entice me." Which I go, "Um, hmm, hmm. <laughs> you know what's going to happen to you, my guy." <laughs> you already read your own book. Um, <laughs> Don't read your own book. <laughs> um. Anyway, we learn about uh King Gyuki. Um, he has three sons: Gunnar, Hogni, and uh, Gutoromer. Um. Which is just the the worst name to give your son of these three. Um, just as a bad mouthfeel. Um, anyway, and then there's Wuther and his daughter, who mm-hmm. uh, is seemingly the most famous of maidens. Um, and then uh, Gyuki marries a, a woman who knows magic. 
uh, Grimhildr. Um, and I know there's this whole thing. I think it's like, uh, what is it? Lutheran doesn't want to marry, um, Boothley, I think. Yeah. Right. This is where At- uh, Atley also enters the picture. Yeah. The name of Brunhilder's brother. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's like, man, I don't I don't want to get married to this guy. Also, I had this dream. Um, and we get like two versions of this dream, too. Um, I'm trying to remember the first one. Um, well, it's like her her handmaids are like, oh, tell us about the dream. You'll feel much better. You know, I always have bad dreams right before the storm. And she's like, all right, this one's not about the weather, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just had a mythic dream. I think we just entered into a myth. Uh, um, but yeah, here it is. Uh, I dreamt that I saw a handsome hawk on my hand. His feathers were of a gold hue. Um, and then this like woman is interpreting it. Uh, uh, some king's son will ask her a hand in marriage. It's great. Um, He's a, that means a beautiful man's going to enter your life. She's like, I cared nothing for this. <laughs> <laughs> Bad vibes. He sucked. I'd rather have lost all my wealth than him. Um, and then the woman's just like, well, the man you wear, marry will be well-bred and you will love him very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> That's when your cold reading doesn't work and you got to fall back on yeah. the platitudes. <laughs> She's like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to go ask Brunhilde. She'll know. She's smarter than you leaves yeah um i don't even remember what else happens in the in this chapter um we get she, some... no she goes to me Brun, uh, Brun, was like oh i had a dream she was coming because she's the real shit yeah um i'm just trying to remember the stuff that comes up with like uh hauke and hogmarther uh the sons of Hamander. i'm like this what, is literally this as they're talking about what's going on uh, yeah this is when brunhilda brings it up um oh yeah who do you think are the foremost of kings and she's like uh these guys that you haven't heard of in the saga yet um (laughs) and lutheran's like uh yeah true those are great and renowned i'm sure we'll hear about their stories later uh but you know i i also heard that like they're slow at revenge um and you know you didn't mention my brothers don't you think that my brothers are the foremost of men um and brynhildr's like uh oh wait i i also just thought of another one there's this guy named uh Sirithor who i was actually trying to set up with you earlier i don't know why i didn't think of him earlier um and he like killed a dragon and all of the sons of king hunding and um you know avenged his father uh he's like super hot um and then we get another dream in here uh, I forget if there's anything before that. No, she she's like, uh, you're trying to set me up. I'm trying to tell you about my dream. This is really harsh on my vibe. I really like to do the dream <laughs> now. Can we do that? And uh, yeah. she does. Yeah. Um. So this one is this version of the dream. Um. Is that uh she dreamt that they left the bower together and saw a huge stag uh that far surpassed other deer, with like golden hair, and everybody wanted to catch him. Uh, but she alone was able to. Um, and, you know, stag seemed finer than, than anything else. Uh, she loved it. Uh, but then Brynhildr came and shot the stag down right in front of her. Uh, and she was extremely bummed out about this. Um, and in exchange, Brynhildr gave her a wolf's cub that just like barfed the blood of her brothers on her. (laughs) 
It's a very metal <laughs> dream, all things considered. Yeah. Um, and Brian Helder's like, oh, I know. Uh, so see Arthur. Um, yeah, like I was the, the you man about... that I've chosen for my husband. <laughs> um, yeah, just I feel like there's just like wildly conflicting uh, like myths and legends that the saga writers just cramming all together. Yeah, but then um, she she's like, oh yeah, he's gonna get his memory erased, and then you're gonna marry him. It's gonna be miserable for all of us. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna do it anyway. Let's go. Yeah, um, and Wuthrin's like. Knowing this sucks. <laughs> why, why did you tell me? <laughs> I hate to know my fate. Um, me too. Fucking me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, see, there's then like, well, I do want to marry you, Rinhilder, but I am going to right away. Um, and I you just... want to talk about a guy who's not worried about knowing his fate. See, <laughs> there's ready. He's like, I have time to go adventuring. Who could do what could stop? Me yeah. <laughs> and oh, what's this? It's the Hall of King Yuki. <laughs> uh what could go wrong um and everybody there just like thinks that he's great uh you know once he starts hanging out um they all write he writes together with uh gunnar and hogni uh <laughs> fuck off the good orm here um and you know surpass all sorts of men and accomplishments we're not going to hear it right now but um and uh Hilder, who is Yuki's uh, wife, as a reminder, who knows magic, mm-hmm. um, is like, Dan, Seether just keeps talking about this Hilder check, but I want him to marry my daughter because, like, that would be great for our family to have this this great boy in our family. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix together the ale of forgetfulness and give it to him. Um and despite knowing his fate and multiple warnings from Brunhilder, uh, he, he drinks it. Um, uh, just, <laughs> you know, this is what the death drive does to someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, forgets all about Brunhilder, uh, stays there for five seasons, which in, in old Norse reckoning would be two and a half years. Uh, there were two seasons, summer and winter, um, and, uh, I forget if there's any other specific, I guess we, we get in this chapter, uh, Gunnar being like, oh, I want to go marry this girl, Brynhildr, and see if there's like, never heard of her. I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we finally then get, uh, oh, this is also, off. this is also where, uh, Sither gives uh, Gudrun or some of Fafnir's heart to eat. Yes, yeah. Uh, Gudrun eats some of the the heart uh, and, and becomes became, grimmer became... and wiser. <laughs> yes, and has a son. Yeah. Um. Is who they relevant? named Sigmundir? Yeah. yeah, I don't. Think, I don't actually know if he's relevant or not. <laughs> um, running out of chapter here. Yeah. Uh, so final chapter here, uh, they prepare for the journey. They, they go off, um, and ride into Hlimdaler, um, where they are received by Hamer, Hamer seemingly being like, yeah, fine. It's, it's cool if Gunnar wants, like, why does he not bring up, like, you were going to marry my daughter? I don't know. Uh, a lot of just questionable stuff happening here. Um, 
But anyway, they they go to the hall and uh, she's been like, the only man who can marry me is a man who knows no fear. So I've surrounded my hall with a blazing fire at all time. And in order to marry me, you have to ride through the fire. Um, and Gunnar tries to do it. Uh, also, Hogni, the, the other brother, um, again, fuck off to, to Gudorm, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but they both try on their horses, which we get the names of. Um and uh, Seerthros like, well, I have this pretty sweet horse, so why don't you try my horse? Um, and uh, Gunnar does, but uh, that also fails. Um, you know, he's not like committed enough to to compel Grani to go over. Um, and so Seerthros like, well, I do. Like we've learned from Grimhildr, who knows magic, how to change our shapes. So let's exchange our shapes, and I'll just go for you. Um, and so Seerthor is able to, because he is the one who's destined to marry Brynhildr, actually, uh, but he's in the, the wrong body, uh, goes over, um, you know, with his sword, uh, with his horse, and uh, rides through the, the flames. Um, and there we get the, you know, we get another little bit of poetry. Um, and Brynhildr is like, well, damn, I, I thought that, like, maybe it would be Seerthor, but... It's you, Gunnar. Uh, okay, well, I did say that whoever could ride through the flames would marry me, so, like, you got me. I guess we're going to get married now. Um, is this also where we get the name of the, the son? Or no, the daughter. Um, mm, yeah. 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 Uh, Auslayer is the, the daughter that she had with uh, Seerthar. Uh, that gets mentioned here as well. So, um, and yeah, he takes the the ring, um, the Anvaranautar, the Anvari's gift, mm-hmm. um, the cursed ring, and and gives it to her, um, as like part of this uh, marriage. Uh, rides back, they exchange shapes again, um, and they've just screwed themselves. Everybody has screwed everyone over. Uh, yeah. everyone's doomed to now. <laughs> well, they, they go and have the big marriage feast forever. And this is when, uh, Sirithar un- remembers everything. It does not yeah. say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I hate to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he drank the ale in the first place. He was warned, but he was like, nah, what if I didn't know for a little while though? I've known for a long time. <laughs> I'm ready to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the end. That's the uh, end. I kind of, I kind of chose uh, this stopping point. I figured we can possibly go a little bit further, but um, yeah, when I was first like breaking down these chapters, uh, I briefly thought about doing where it's said to move from like the more mythic tone into the more legendary tone, um, where like things get a little bit more realistic. I mean, we still have like lots of prophecies and things, but. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it would be important to get the, the multiple versions of the meeting, um, Brynhildr and then, you know, it all going bad before we, before we stopped. So, yeah. Um, uh, this was good. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> knowing your own fate's bad, uh, and mess being in Odin's sights also bad, just a lot of bad things running together yeah 
Um, it is it is interesting how much more like uh, this just becomes a mess of a text as we try to like contend with all of these different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of love that sometimes when you yeah. when you're reading sagas, uh, the points at which it like becomes weird and contradictory. So. Um, yeah, you know, they can sit beside each other. It's fine. This is the power of myth. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you have any other additional thoughts of this, but. No, no, I had a great time. Sometimes you meet a, a woman and she's great. And then you like, but it's like in a weird context where you're both not where you normally are. And then you meet her again at her house. and You're like, ah, she's not that great, actually. That's what happened to Seer through her. <laughs> yeah. Though he thought she was uh, great, actually, both times, because he's a fool. History's fool, Sarathur. Yeah. Um, when Paul yeah, Atreides is... knew what was going to happen in the future, he basically went crazy, and Sirther is just, like, grimly marching towards the exact thing that he doesn't want. So that's the difference. Some people are built different. I don't know which one's yeah. derogatory, but one of them's definitely derogatory. I think it's probably Sirther. I think Sirther is sometimes. I would not choose this path. Yeah. Um, look, sometimes you're just aware that you're a character in a story. <laughs> um, and like, it sucks, but you soldier through. Yeah. What else are you going to do? It's not like, it's not like any of his line has ever had just like a chill time. So, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I do think that this is like a. Because I think a, a lot of reference that people have for uh, classics is more like the Greco-Roman stuff. Yes. Um, which also is like preoccupied with fate, but is is so much more invested in like the dramatic irony twist of like the person ends up fulfilling their own fate through yes. like uh, trying to like prevent it. Yeah, this is um, the thing I've been really surprised by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so much like old Norse stuff around fate is just being like, yeah, I don't like... We live in the, like, frozen north. Shit sucks up here. <laughs> I mean, like, on some of them, like, that would not be me. But also, like, I get up every day and I go to a job that I'll probably work <laughs> until I, like, retire if I'm able to. And then I'll just die old. And it's going to suck. And I do it anyway. So, yeah. on some level, how am I any different than Sirther here? At least he's, like, fucking slaying dragons and getting cool helmets of fear or whatever. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm going to die anyway. Um, I might as well go out with a bang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there is like, and it, it's a thing that comes up here th- with the way that he frames it, um, is almost this like, there's this grim inevitability of death that comes up a lot in sagas. Um, it's it's part of why I laughed when you did the like description of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, it, I, you know, knowing our dispositions and knowing just a little bit about what we were doing, I was like, I think I can pin where this is going like thematically even before we started. Yeah. So. I too am farsighted and it doesn't dissuade me. Um, but yeah, just the, the like grim acceptance of death, uh, as a thing, um, (laughs) well, it'll really continue. Uh, I'm really excited for when we eventually get to, um, Nyaula because, uh, there's just a fantastic scene of just like an old man, being like, I'm going to die anyway. Like, why would I try to escape people burning me in my home? I'm just going to go lay in bed. I'm fucking old. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, Fair enough. 
Yeah. Goes on Twitter every week. Like, ah, I guess we're still here. Like, fuck. <laughs> what else are we gonna do? Go to Tumblr, fuck off. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited for it because I feel like this saga is fun, but it's fun for like the the aesthetics and just the wild shit happening. Yes. Um, and I feel like once we get to like Niala is a big one where I think the people writing it are like more concerned with and aware of like telling a good story with compelling characters and like a narrative and things. Um, they're developing like a form around prose narrative at that point. Um, whereas this one feels so much more of just like a collection of legends and myths, um, which has its own charm, but I'm excited for when we're like, Oh, the person writing this has like ideas and themes and is like trying to talk about, politics of the time and things um because it's just such a different vibe than uh this like mostly vibes <laughs> uh so much that, of the but joy it's not like it's not like rain is not a classic guy in the way that like we yeah just find guys to love despite them yeah but a lot of the themes seem to like arise more naturally from just yes. gathering stories rather mm-hmm. than like uh, intentionally set up by the person compiling this work. Um, like the stuff around in-laws is I think some of it is just like, there's this common dramatic trope of, um, you know, your like filial relationships are so important in your, um, like everyday life that of course, like one of the best things for drama is going to be, Oh, the like people that I'm married into like did something wrong by my family. And now I have like these conflicting duties, one to my own family and the other to like my in-laws family. And I'm going to choose most of the time my own family, but then it's going to obviously cause problems because those are my in-laws. And this just becomes really common because I think that's like such an important uh, part of cult like the culture of the time and it's a good place to introduce like why are these people fighting and things um how am i going to add drama into that but um yeah reagan does suck so much though yeah (laughs) it's beautiful i love him i also love the the people uh, already conniving to become the untrustworthy in-laws um they're like let's start Let's start being untrustworthy in-laws before he even marries into the family, just to like get him married into the family, um, with all the stuff around Grimhilder and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll be finishing the book. Yeah. Um. It's like thirty through. I feel like it's a slightly short forty-four. Um, I feel like we have a couple long chapters in there, though. I mean, long for saga standards. Yeah, that's you know, fine. I'm four excited. pages, maybe. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all wraps up. I bet it'll go well for everybody. It won't be a huge <laughs> tragedy. Uh, nothing sad's gonna happen here. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. We should do plugs and get out of here. It's late. Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and co-host at EM underscore being. You can find all of the podcasts I do at abnormalmapping.com where you can find this show, obviously. 
well, listen to Reptoid Screenings. It's a movie podcast, ReptoidScreenings.com. We recently watched Top Cappy, which is an incredible heist film. Um, man, it's just a great time. Uh, you can support my shows at patreon.com social mapping, get Gundam. Everyone talks about Gundam. We just did an episode on knives out. Actually, that episode's really fun. That's the most fun I've had watching a movie in some time. Um, yeah. I think it comes through in the show. Cause I was just losing my mind. <laughs> I, I watched it too. So you were doing it. And I also like, from what little I knew of it, uh, knew that it would be Emily's vibes that she mm-hmm. would enjoy it. Uh, so we watched it together and it was like, Knowing the production around it is specifically like Ryan Johnson getting a bunch of Star Wars money and then using it to do something he wants is a little dispiriting, but it was still like, man, movies still could be fun. Like <laughs> they fill that house with a bunch of bullshit and then everyone just hangs out and does goofy voices and it is a shit bag. And that's the cinema to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you say something in that blockbusters about like, this is like the type of blockbuster that died that everyone laments. Yes. It's like amazing that it's there. It's great. Um, terminally online brained, but it's fine. <laughs> Look, because, because it's so of the moment of its production, it all kind of feels quaint in like the way we're like, Look, I'm not here to talk about Woody Allen like a positive way, but I watch a lot of his movies. When you watch like a Woody Allen movie, at the time those came out, those were probably like if you look at Manhattan or whatever, it was probably like the way people were talking in a way that was just as obnoxious. But I wasn't alive in the 70s. I don't know. But I bet that's not that different than how people talk in the the scenes where people are doing the contemporary politics in Knives Out because it already feels so dated and so out of touch with reality. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I think I mentioned on last episode, you mentioning Great Gundam Project, that I was watching first Gundam. I'm now like halfway through Zeta. I've just been churning through it. Um, um, Zeta's such a weird one because talk about our podcast for a bit. We Zeta was such a rough time. It was like when we were the most, the Discord was the most hostile. Um, a lot of people, it hadn't really shaken out that we were going to like break the way we did and be like anime communists. Uh, so we had a lot more normal people fighting against some of the diehards in there. And we weren't in the like Gundam channel because we were trying to dodge spoilers left and right. Cause everyone, every conversation would be about Charles counterattack, whatever is stupid. Um, and then Zeta's just like a, often a very unpleasant show. So it was just a rough time. We had not figured out why Tomino writes good anime yet. And, um, and also like some of the things that make him, his anime hard to stomach or uh, front and center in Zeta sometimes. Yeah. There, there is so much just like slapping people in Zeta. Yes, um, it's weird because like I think that stuff's mostly good, but like in in the fandom, like bright slaps are a meme, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, we feel it feels so far away now that we're like you know watching the fucking kids show and we're in the aughts and bright Noah can't hurt me anymore. Um, <laughs> but, um. It, it's weird to think of that time. It was a very weird time. We're not like we're revisiting Zeta soon and those terrible movies that are going to be bad. It's going to be weird to like go back into that material because like my opinion of Zeta has only fallen over time as I found out yeah. the things I like more that he's done. Um, um, also, just seeing how much it like if you like Zeta, it defined what makes 80s anime 80s anime. But I don't really like Zeta and I wish it had remained weird in a lot of different things instead of just being Zeta. Yeah. Yeah, nothing in Zeta so far has been as, like, cool and weird as just, like, the fact that low-budget animation allowed them to do strange stuff around new types that mm. you could, like, borrow that 
that imagery again, but it would still be different than the like evolution of just the way that like they are using the highlights that are just a natural part of the cells because yes. of like the lower budget. Um, like really the one of the only animes like, you know, past the eighties or like eighties forward that I've seen that I feel like has a similar understanding of like quote unquote lower budget anime uh, or like animation styles can actually open up for like really interesting evocative imagery is Utena. I'm sure mm. there's other stuff out there, but that's like one of the big ones mm. um, that I feel like understood that. But um, yeah, no, that, that original one's great. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Gundam now. Uh, if you like anime, go listen to uh, Ghost Divers, which is the podcast that I do with my co-host Connor. Um we are currently in the middle of Paranoia Agent, um, i.e. those are the episodes coming out. Uh, we currently have a really long turnaround, um, and I'm trying to shorten that up. So uh, the next season on Kino's Journey has also already been recorded, and then we're just taking a long break um, until we get to IBO, <clears throat> uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans. So uh, my goal now is to like get through um, uh, Double Zeta and Char's Counterattack. Uh, before we get to IBO, um, I think I can do it. Um, and then my other podcast, uh, Pondering Putan, is a comedy podcast um, where we are ostensibly reading and talking about Kermarty High School. We do do it sometimes. Um, and then Ornate Stairwells, if you like movies. Um, and all of these you can find on the Export Audio Network. Is uh, Ornate Stairwells a podcast about movies? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, could have fooled me. It sounds like you're talking about television. <laughs> we are talking about Twin Peaks right now. But, um, I mean, we still do talk about movies before we talk about Twin Peaks. Um, uh, imagine if Jared hang out, hung out with Rain here, our good friend Rain. He'd be pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a fucking guy is Jared Messa. Love that guy. What an idiot. What a terrible human being. <laughs> He sucks in the best way. In the way that you want a character to suck. Yeah, just watch um, him fail upward through the... Oh, it's it's brilliant. That's the part that's like, oh yeah, this is the shit you come for. <laughs> um, oh, and you can find me at FoxMomnia on Twitter and co-host. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't have an outro. We didn't say this last time. And then we're out yeah. of the saga. We could just use that. We could totally just use that. Yeah. And then we're out of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then we're out of the episode.